Welcome to the New Work Revolution podcast on NewWorkRevolution.com. Take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution. Here's your host, Brandon Allen. All right, I want to welcome everyone to the New Work Revolution podcast here on NewWorkRevolution.com. This is Brandon Allen. I want to jump right in and talk a little bit about Total Experience Design, more specifically the Total Experience Design Manifesto. Point number one of the Total Experience Design Manifesto is everyone delivers an experience whether they know it or not. In a scalability situation or in a setting where you're trying to build a team, what we recognize about team members is that sometimes team members let us down. Team members don't show up for work. Team members don't do the work that they're uh, delegated. Team members sometimes fight. Um, and, and look, and as I say, team members, I'm including leaders in this process, right? Because as leaders, uh, we're just as guilty of letting other people down as anyone else. And so acknowledging the fact that everyone delivers an experience, I think is, is important, uh, is an important point to bring out with a team, because I think everyone wants to do a good job. Everyone comes to work wanting to do a good job, but for some reason, sometimes people don't. And it's easy when people don't show up the way we want them to, to start to maybe assume or make assumptions about someone's motivation or someone's intent. But that's really hard, right? When we start to uh, assume what someone's intent or motivation is, we typically look at their behavior and then draw that conclusion, if the behavior is not positive, that this person is not positive. And that creates a real issue for teams. And so what I want to do is, is uh, use Hanlon's Razor as kind of a, a, a platform for what we're going to build upon today, that in the presence of failure, always assume stupidity or oversight, right? So when things don't go the way we want them to, assume that, look, it's, don't assume malice. Don't assume that someone's trying to screw you over, but assume that there was some sort of oversight or just maybe plain bad thinking that led to whatever it is that was created. And the reason why this is important is that when we talk about everyone delivering an experience, the reason why we talk about this is that your business is a show. And every person that interacts with your business is interacting with the show. Every team member that works in your organization is a player or an actor in that show. And just like in a play, if you've ever been a part of a play, I don't care if it was like a third grade school play or maybe you're more advanced, maybe you studied theater in college or something like that, then you know that uh, you have a part. Everyone has a part, right? And some people's parts are more significant than others, but everyone has a part and everyone's part is meaningful. If we wrote the part in the show, we want the part to be delivered as effectively as possible. So everyone is a player in the show, right? And so what happens when we don't show up or we don't perform, right? So when we don't show up, when we don't do the things that we say we're going to do, that has a negative impact. And total experience design has an impact on all the different stakeholders of the business. And when I talk about stakeholders, I'm talking about customers, I'm talking about team members, I'm talking about leaders, but I'm also talking about these people's families I'm also talking about the communities that your business serves. They're all stakeholders in your business. And so the success or failure of your business to deliver a high-level experience is going to either positively or negatively impact all the different stakeholders of the business, which is pretty far-reaching when we think about it. And we want to talk about everyone delivering an experience Because it's important for people to know that what they do matters. And unfortunately, in today's society, right? And look, 
Um, this may ruffle some feathers. Maybe some people think I'm being unfair to certain generations, but I'm going to tell you this right now as a parent, I don't know that parents are always doing the best job in preparing our kids for what's to come in life and the realities that life have to offer. What we try to do, I think as parents, and it comes from a good place, is we try to create safety and security and we try to insulate people from hardship. And because we try to insulate people from hardship, guess what we've also insulated them from? Consequences. And when people live in a consequence-free environment, they make the mistaken assumption that their behavior does not impact any other person. One of the things that's really important as a leader for me to convey and for you to convey is that everyone's irresponsibility has an impact on someone else. It either impacts the person who's irresponsible or it impacts someone else. And in most cases, it impacts both people. So irresponsibility is not a neutral event. It's not something where, hey, we don't show up for work or we don't do our job or whatever it is and no one's affected. Everyone is impacted by the decisions that we make. And the reason why that's important is I think as a leader, it's easy to forget to point that out and forget to remind people of that because we assume that people just know that. Like they should just know that they're, uh, that they're, that their negative behavior or their negative talk or whatever has an impact on other people in a negative way. But you know what? People forget. We forget. And sometimes we need to be reminded of that. And I know I've had my own bad behavior pointed out by people at times where I didn't realize the impact that it was having. And I was really grateful of that. It was a blind spot for me. And we all have blind spots. And if you're listening to this podcast right now and you think, man, I don't know if I have any blind spots. Well, there's one, right? So that's a free tip. You can, you can have that. So, uh, this is something that I, I, as we talk about everyone delivering experience, I want people to know that their behavior and their, the way they show up impacts and influences those around us. And it impacts and influences other people. So now that I've kind of set the table for experience, here's how we can overcome this. So if you have a team that's maybe not plugged in to the experience, there's three specific things that I want to bring up. And that's not all the things that you could do, but these are three really powerful things to keep in mind as a leader to maybe impact and influence the experience delivery process. Because here's what happens, right? When team members don't show up the way we want them to, the leader wants to blame the team member and you can do that. But the problem is, is I can't change a team member's behavior. You can't change your coworkers' behavior. The only behavior that you can change and modify for the good is your own. So if you waste a lot of time trying to think about how do I make other people see things or do things, you're wasting your time. So three areas of connection or three areas of experience to help people plug into their role in the experience. The first one is connection. This one is so key. I can create more reliable outcomes and more reliable people and more culturally plugged in team members when we have connection. And what I try to do as a leader is build connection with team members by finding common ground, by understanding their hopes, dreams, and desires. And I think about this video that I play at uh, my business habits workshop, and we talk about coaching and like, how do we become a good coach? And the, 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 there's a teacher, her name's Rita, Rita Pearson. Uh, she has a Ted talk that she does about teaching and, and just how to make an influence in the classroom. And it's so powerful because one of the things she said, I really love, she said, kids don't learn from people they don't like. And I'm a big believer that at work too. 
kids don't, or, you know, team members don't learn from leaders that they don't like. They don't follow team members that they, or leaders that they don't like. They're not influenced by leaders they don't respect and that they don't like. And so that's really powerful. And that doesn't mean that we have no boundaries because I think sometimes when people talk about being like, they think, oh my gosh, I've got to erode my boundaries and now I've got to be a pushover so that people can like me. But I would argue that if you're that way, which a lot of leaders I know are, then you are actually creating more resentment and more issues and challenges in your team by having a lack of boundary versus having a presence of boundary. So as we talk about connecting, good connecting is about letting other people know where the limits are and where the lines should be drawn. For myself personally, that's important, right? But look, I want to create fun. I want to create connection. And I need to put myself in other people's shoes. So sometimes our team members don't show up the way we want them to, right? You have a team member that calls in sick for work and they do it chronically. You know what? Either they really have a serious medical condition, possible, or they don't like their job, right? Which one is it? And as a leader, I might just create some connection by allowing this person to be a little bit more honest with me and to talk about maybe some things that they're struggling with or they don't enjoy so that we can talk about either helping them transition out of our office to be successful somewhere else or finding another seat on the bus that they could be more successful at and maybe enjoy a little bit more. But they won't tell me that if I don't have connection. And if they're not showing up the way you want them to, they either don't have the skill or they don't have the will to do the work that you want them to do. And so rather than trying to you know, beat your head against the wall about trying to improve their will, then figure out like what is really getting in their way and what's at the heart of where, why, how they're showing up. And connection is a big way to do that because connection builds trust. And when I have trust, now we can have powerful communication, we can have a powerful relationship, and we can build a strong culture uh, upon trust. And that's going to be really important because the internal culture is the caretaker of the external experience. So if I want to build good experiences for my customers, I've got to build good experiences for the team members that work together to deliver those experiences. If that process is wrong, then the external experience delivery will be broken at best. So how do you do that? How do you do that? And you think about this, like I I used a teaching analogy, right? Think about the classes you really enjoyed. And look, I'll be the first one to admit, I was the kind of student that a teacher either really liked or they really hated right? My parents, God bless them, man. They had to go to these parent-teacher conferences and I knew they were probably either walking into, man, we really like that kid or man, I hate that kid. Terrible kid, uh, whatever, right? But here's the thing. The, team, the teachers that really engaged me and made the environment enjoyable and really I felt like tried to do that, really I connected really well with. But I, when I felt like a teacher went through the motions or was very task oriented and very dry and not excited about what they did. I really struggled in those environments and my grades kind of followed that same pattern. And I bet you were no different, right? Now, some of you, right, really good students uh, probably did great in all your classes just because, uh, you know, you were driven to do great. But for those of you who are like me, who maybe struggled to put all those things together in a very consistent way because it was really driven by motivation, The teacher who taught the class had a lot to do with the grades and the work that I did. And that all happened with connection. It all happened with a teacher who I felt like cared about me as an individual. And when I felt like that caring was present, it built trust, it built listening, and it built following. 
The same thing is true at work. Bosses who I feel like care, even if they're hard on me, and there's trust present because they show up consistently and they manage and maintain their boundaries in a consistent basis, those were very powerful relationships. Leaders who didn't, very hard to work for. So when you talk about plugging people into everyone delivers an experience, man, that connection piece is so powerful in that process. So that's number one. Number two is leadership. Here's the problem with experience delivery and, and just getting people plugged in is we have leaders who want team members to deliver a high level experience, but they're not willing to do the work to ensure that they do their part. And look, if you're a leader who doesn't walk the talk, there's no way you can create influence. There's no way you're going to create connection because at the bottom line is, is if you're a leader who's a hypocrite, no one's going to respect you. I'm sorry. It's just never going to happen. You can try as hard as you want to bend people to your will, but people will not respect you if you are a hypocrite. So if you're asking people to show up a certain way and they're not, my question for you would be, are they a mirror for what they see in their own leadership? If I address a leader with a specific issue, nine times out of 10, almost 10 times out of 10, I can draw the dysfunction back to the leader and how they're mirroring that process. And if a leader's not committed, if a leader's not connected, if a leader's not following through, guess what? They're going to have people who do that also. I don't know how many leaders that I talk to who have team members that don't execute and don't follow through and they themselves don't execute or follow through on the things that they say they're going to do. It's very damaging to the culture. So your leadership is so critical to this piece because if you don't lead from the front, if you don't show what delivering an experience for everyone looks like as a leader, delivering the experience for everyone else and you're checked out in certain areas of your business, that's going to create a negative impact on everyone else. So leadership is important. And the last one is critical. It's aligned work. So we have connection, we have leadership, and part of an extension of leadership is aligned work. Here's some questions that I want you to ask yourself in terms of how well you're doing in connecting people to their role in the experience. Number one, am I doing work that matters? Is my role clear? I don't know how many leaders I talk to where people don't have clear roles. And I work with managers from time to time in offices where, where a leader will have me coach a, a newly promoted leader or a longtime leader to kind of help them with their leadership skills. One of the first things I ask a leader for when I coach them is, what? give me your role, send it to me on paper. And they don't have it. They're like, man, that's one of the issues that I run into is I'm not clear where my role starts and where it ends. And there seems to be a lot of times where my role overlaps with the owner of the business and it creates a lot of problems for me. We have a, a role tool that we use called the team member value creation maximizer. And the value creation maximizer has some specific questions that are very important. One of them is, what is your role in the experience? That kind of helps us speak to the fact that everyone delivers an experience. What is your role in that? But then the other thing is, is who do you deliver an experience to? Now, this is not just for customers. This is to team members, leaders, you name it. Who do you deliver an experience to? We want to make that very clear. And we put that into every single team member's role so they understand that, look, it's bigger than the customer. You don't just serve them. You serve everyone that you work with side by side in the business who count on you to do your job well. 
Those are the people you serve. And those are customers for sure, but they're also team members who count on you doing great work. So are they doing work that matters? Is their role clear in that? Do I understand the, the, the mission? And have I painted the big picture clearly? Do you know how people fit in within that big picture? What does that look like? And this is where I want to be clear on the mission of the business, the values, the vision. And I have, team, I have leaders all the time who have team members who don't execute, who get frustrated, but it's because the team members don't understand the big picture. They're not bought in. They don't get it. They don't understand that. And look, I want people to know, hey, when we do certain things, it makes an impact. And there was a video, and I wish I could find it because it was a great video, but it talked about... Um, this woman did a Ted talk and she was a helicopter mechanic in Afghanistan. And I, and I'm, I'm sort of remembering this, right? So some of the, the numbers and everything, like don't fact check me and then get pissed off later. Uh, I'm totally guessing here, but this will just illustrate the point, right? The talk she gives was, look, we went and repaired, uh, helicopters is very stressful. And we were successful like 60% of the time, or actually it might've even been worse. It was like, it was like 50, 40. It was a really bad number. Like 30, 40, 50% of the time we were successful repairing a helicopter, right? That it is what it is, right? Now, when they, when they got more context on this situation and the, and the importance, really what the mission is, right? Is one of the leaders came up with this simple mantra that said, if we don't fly, people die. If we don't fly, people die. Now, guess what leaders could do in that situation? They could assume that a helicopter mechanic would know that if we don't fly, people die. Like you should just know that it's a war zone, battle zone. They don't have means of transportation. If we don't help them provide means, they're going to die. We, we could just, we could make that assumption that someone already knows, knows that. But here's the thing that happened when they decided to really get clear on the mission that if we don't fly, people die. All of a sudden, success rate with fixing helicopters was over 90%. And I'm fairly confident in that number because when I, when I heard her say it, I was like, oh my God, like that's a huge change in transformation. Now, how did they get there? By understanding the mission that if we don't fly, people die. That's a big deal, right? And everyone who creates a business does so for a higher purpose, right? Now, for some people, look, I do talk to some business owners from time to time. Their business is a self-serving endeavor, right? It's all about them and what they can get from the business. They're not serving from that. But for a lot of us, our business was created to serve something greater than ourselves. And the, the thing is, is it's easy because I have the curse of knowledge as a leader to assume that other people know that. But if they don't understand that, they don't understand how their role fits into that big picture. And I want someone to know that, look, you're not just a speck of sand on the sand or on the beach, right? You're not just a speck of sand on the beach. You are someone that matters. You are someone who makes a difference by the work that you do. Plugging them into the mission and letting them know the big picture and how they fit within that is a huge thing to do. Now, look, if we want people to deliver an experience as well, and we're trying to align their work, another question I have is, is the team member being stretched? Are you stretching the team member? Are you giving them work that's interesting? Are you giving them a reason to show up? and do a great job? Are they excited about the work that they do? And if they're not, how do you create that? How do you let people know that there's always growth opportunities, even if that doesn't mean a promotion, that we're going to build that in and figure that out so that people feel engaged and excited about the work that they do? And as an extension of that, my follow-up question to that is, do you have a plan for growth either now or in the future for each team member? Do they have a plan for future growth? What does that look like? 
How are we going to grow them? How are we going to build their skills? What possibilities for advancement are available? What does that look like for them? Where do they want to grow? And that's important too, because some team members may just want to work in the position that they're in and they're good with that. Like, hey, just provide me with this opportunity in this way and I'm happy as can be. Other people may have more ambition and desire to do more. And for those people, then work with them, right, in figuring out what that next step is. But everyone wants to feel like they're evolving or growing in some way. How do you provide those opportunities? And is it clear how those opportunities are created within your work? So think about this. Think about how you deliver an experience now. Think about what that looks like for all the different team members, all the different stakeholders in your business. How do you continue to lead well, align people with the work and connect in a way that just really excites people about delivering the experience, that gets them excited about showing up and doing the best work possible. How, as a leader, do you inspire other people to create those possibilities? So I want you to wrestle with that. I want you to chew on that. If you have any questions, go to newworkrevolution.com. You can hit me up there. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook too, Twitter, all those different things. If you have questions, please hit us up on one of those areas as well. And hey, if you like the show, rate the show in iTunes. That just gives me a lot more street cred with my man, Tim Cook. And uh, if you like the show, share it with other people as well. So I want to thank you guys for listening and we'll talk to you again real soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the New Work Revolution podcast on newworkrevolution.com. Until next time, take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution.